Before we get started with this week's pod, I just wanted to let you know that the tickets for the FM Charity Cup are now on sale. The event is being held at Leamington Football Club on Saturday the 5th of May and all of the money generated from ticket sales is going to a fantastic charity, War Child. And if that wasn't enough to entice you to buy a ticket, you can also see some of your favourite WeStream FM and 5 Star Podcast regulars don their boots and take to the field. The link to where you can buy your tickets can be found in the description of this podcast. Hopefully we'll get to see some of you there. Hello, 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 and welcome to Five Star Potential, the weekly football manager podcast brought to you by those at WeStream FM. Finally, after weeks and weeks and weeks, we're all back together once again, the original five. Um, but, but before I introduce you to my co host, this week we are going to be talking about everything to do with comebacks. But now it's time to introduce you to my delightful co host, starting with Mr. Teach. How are you, sir? I'm very good, my man. Excellent work. Mr. Dupe, how are you, sir? I am superb, sir. Fantastic. David, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Excellent. And Kurt Dizzle, McDog. Blinded. I'm absolutely blinded. I'm glad, glad to see your, your, your hearing's great, though. Oh, no, you said blinding, not blinded. Never mind. <laughs> right, save updates. <laughs> Smooth <laughs> as ever. It was very. I, it's fine, right? Sure. Right, we'll start with you then, Kurt Dog. Um, I know you've been in America, but you've. I th- were you here the week before? I can't remember now. But I think people need an update on where you are with Nottingham, where you're going to be continuing on this week now that you're back from the States. So, yeah, I, w- I was here the week before. However, there's definitely been uh, a save update since then because um, we had quite a big push for to get the three ticks for that that required for uh, Twitch partnership. And um, we managed to achieve it with with the help of you lovely listeners and and, and the viewers that are in in my stream and all the support of you guys here. Um, We managed to get the three ticks to to push for that Twitch partnership. So the application's in. We're just waiting for them now. Um, In terms of Nottingham Forest, uh, we're well on the way to making them great again. We, We got to an FA Cup final, which... We lost, but we, you know, we won't, we won't, we won't dwell on that. Um, and we also finished fourth in the Premier League to qualify for next year's Champions League. So um, things are looking up. It's not quite Brian Clough, but it'll do. Well, I mean, he lost a few finals in his time, so you know, uh, following in good footsteps. Very much so. Very much so. Let's see that. Well, I, I don't think any of us weren't part of that final push, and it was. It was special to see. So, well, yeah, I can only I can only thank you guys again, and obviously thank anyone that's listening to this that was uh, that was supporting the stream as well. Because um, getting that getting that last tick was uh, was quite a big achievement, um, given the numbers that we had to average throughout the stream. So, um, yeah, thank you to everyone that that took part in that, and thank you to uh, to you guys as well for all your support. Oh, thank you for the most excellent streams when you were so. A well-deserved break after all of that. Right, Mr. Tobes, 
you've got some big news save wise yourself um in terms of what's happened and where where you're going forwards yeah yeah i've started a uh, a leverkusen save um anyone who remembers from last year um i managed them in a network save with dupe uh and i've been wanting something to to pull me back in to football manager this year you know cuz uh, we we do these saves over a long period of time and, and when you're streaming and stuff and Argentinos after a third, fourth, third, fourth in the in the league over the past four seasons, uh, followed by me getting absolutely shafted by uh, by players. Sixty five percent of my squad not being available in a very important Copa Libertadores game. Um, I was at a, I was just at a low web with football manager in general. So uh, heading back to Leverkusen, uh, a, a very an amazing young talented team and uh, a team that I enjoyed using last year and I'm looking looking forward this year to trying to trying to build around Havertz you know Leon Baylor uh, Akinyak there's some great players there so it's it's exciting uh, it's, the, the save's very early at the moment it's only actually been on one stream so literally we'll probably hit continue three times maybe while we're trying to work out what's going on where and when uh, I'm currently having a little break. I'm going to be, I won't be streaming for the balance of this week, which will actually be over by the time the pod releases. I just wanted to take a few days away from it, come back refreshed, ready for next week. But yeah, I'm excited for where it'll go, knowing that this time around there's a lot more time for me to, to get stuck into the save because that squad is, you know, I mean, they're doing, they're doing amazing in real life just now at the moment as well. But that squad is like, I would say four or five years off maturity as a whole. Um, so it could be a real, real force in, in European football. Well, we know what you like You like with kids in terms of the development uh, and you love playing the... the <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad you carried that on, to I'm be honest. I'm carrying on, don't worry. I'm not, I'm not trying, to, trying to shaft you. It's, it's like the, way, the way you tend to play the game is that you are keen to, to blood the young the young ones in early like for well, Ala Ferguson really yeah um, so it'll be intriguing to see how you take on sort of a German side with so much promising talent coming through yeah there is and there's, there's still players there who maybe I've, I've spoke about this on Twitter but it may be slightly problematic for me I've got I've got a certain Kevin Volland who whom I'll be honest I've never been able to to tame that beast he's never never been successful for me and I've also got in my mind, there's, there's, there's players this year that I want to try and get to use, and one of them is, is, is of course, Arthur. And my head says I can't really fit him into my central midfield because it's quite... The, the, the Leverkusen midfield's quite stacked, but but my heart's saying, Do you know what, fuck it, just buy him. If you want to use him this year, your time to buy him is at the beginning of the save, otherwise you will lose that opportunity to buy him. So... I'm not at transfer phase yet in in my save, and that's where I'm heading into. And for the past sort of three or four days, I've been weighing up like you know, do we just do we just chuck the money at it and, and get it done, and uh, deal with any squad repercussions thereafter? Because you know, there's it's, it's, it's no no problem if you you know if you've got too many choices. It's the way I see it. And hopefully, the, the FM gods are watching, and they, they drop a young Turkish talent on your teach like they did last year. Maybe oh, a, to- a Nevsat times two. Oh, to 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 be reunited with a young Nevzat Kaliskan, I tell you. But uh, here's hoping we we will keep an eye out. Great stuff. Looking forward to seeing how it progresses, Mister Dupe. Uh, how are things been going in your neck of the woods? Well, we finished season six last night. Uh, we actually came fifth in the Premier League. Uh, record uh, amount of 
well, record high. I thought Green has ever finished, to be perfectly honest. Uh, we scored the most goals in the Premier League, but I think we conceded literally the, the, the fourth worst or something. So it's pretty pretty terrible. Uh, it doesn't mean we get a Europa League um, group stage, which is brilliant for reputation and also a little bit of dollar for being in uh, being in Europe. Uh, we had goals in the top goal scorer rankings. We had one and two. Uh, Paulinho got top goal scorer 31 goals. And then Eddie and Ketcher got 23. He's still there. I know he's a bit irrelevant to some people, but 23 goals, 19 assists in 34 games is incredibly impressive. And to round it all up, I only won Manager of the Year in the Premier Division as well. Well, that's quite special. What, what, uh, how many positions did you finish above last season? 10. We finished 15th that's last season. Or the season before, sir. Pretty substantial increase. Hmm. I won Manager of the Year as well. I forgot to mention that. Okay, oh, just hang on a minute. You've had your time, son. Well, I, I won mine as well on my wall save. I didn't mention that last week, though. <laughs> <laughs> Look what you've started now, Jesus. Uh, you know, right. I genuinely uh, took a screenshot, sent it to my work email, printed it out, and it's on the fridge as we speak. Oh, my God. I thought it was going to be on your CV, to be honest. Well, there you go. Be. Speaking of screenshots, I just want to add in there that I use Game Face to do my, my manager oh, profile saw- picture. <laughs> yeah, what a shower of shit that was. I mean, like, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like, when we when you look at the, uh, do you know the, do you know when you're at a press conference, you get your head yeah. photo. Looks fine. In fact, it looks quite like me. That's pretty good. You need to see my guy on the start <laughs> menu. Holy shit! Honestly, Slender it makes sloth yeah. look like a good looking chap. I genuinely was. I think I was talking to somebody in a Discord, and I just looked over at one point, and it honestly made me jump when I saw it. I was like, what? Oh, it's good though, Teach. Well done. Good game. See, I remember last year I used myself very much so like as as like my likeness in the game and I used uh, a photo from a wedding because it's one of the only photos I've got that is like me like head on like you to get the the best effect. But because of the way the sun is shining, it basically looks like I've rolled my head on the touchline or something with this mm-hmm. white beam across my face. I look like I'm half had a man, half a normal person. It's bizarre. And then this year with the biggest uh, travesty, uh, they, they've redone the, the the face generation again. They've not included like dreadlocks, so I can't make rude hullet. It's, it's absolute bullshit. Anyway, we're getting we're getting sidetracked. Um, my save as sort of progressed we're about I think we've got 12 games left of the season we're in the promotion spot still which is awesome Adam Armstrong is still awesome we signed Eddie and Ketcher on loan um, he's he's played two games he's not scored what a surprise um, the biggest news though is that David Reyes left the club because Real Sociedad met his £9 million release clause um, and I may not have handled his contract so well um, but we've re- well, signed Eduardo and Freddie Woodman on loan to sort of tide us over until the end of the season and see where we finish before I sort of make any long-term decisions. Right, there's a reason why Mr. Dave Azapardi has been left till the end of the save updates. Um, he's not had much of a chance to play too much FM this week, but for good reason. So, Dave, inform us as to why. Well, uh, obviously, you guys now would have heard the news that Football Manager um, is now out on Nintendo Switch, so the, they broke the news, and obviously out on a, another console, another platform. Uh, lucky, well, I was lucky enough with a couple of other guys that I got to sort of play the game, uh, so there should be videos now out on my channel uh, that you guys can see me playing it. I tried to, uh, the challenge is out. Basically, what it is, it's very much like, Football Manager Touch. Well, it is Football Manager Touch. So if you've ever played it, I've not played it on the iPad, but I'd assume it's very similar to that. 
but the thing I like about the Switch, obviously, because you've got the controller, is that you can... Well, the, the screen is really well placed, is in the fact that there's very little on the screen. It's all... Uh, for example, the, the menu, you press a button to get that up on the screen. So there's not much space wasted, to be honest. So it's... Uh, it's quite nice. I enjoy playing it. I've not got a Switch. I know a couple of you guys have got the Switches. Um, I definitely recommend, possibly, if, if you wanted to get it, um, definitely give it a shot because I think it is... I enjoyed it, but it'll be very interesting to see how it does, uh, to be fair, if um, because I'm not 100% sure if it's a definite for FM19 yet either. Does that... Uh, I mean, I presume uh, information in terms of specifics... Are a bit light until we actually get get our hands on it ourselves. But is there is the same limitations on league and stuff in place like there is on the the sort of the iPad version, or is it more akin to the PC version? Is there like frame rate uh, limitations and stuff? Because obviously it's still uh, like Switch is probably better than an iPad, but it's not a PC either. The sort of yeah, I think it is probably limited. The match engine and and so on was it was still good, like the three D match engine. But it didn't look as clean as say that you would see on uh, on a PC or whatnot. Uh, league limitations and stuff. I only played the challenges, so I'm not. There was loads of leagues on there, loads of nations, but I'm not sure if if you go on a main game if you can choose more than one. But there's still plenty of options there. It's literally. I I, I think the good thing was about it that I could literally see myself grabbing one of these and just sitting chilling watching the TV while still sort of playing that uh, on my lap rather than obviously carrying my laptop or my, obviously the staying on my PC, so it's probably very, very similar to an iPad, obviously, but I think it's just something a little bit different. It'll be very interesting to, to see how it goes. I think as a as a Switch owner, I would be interested in, in, in trying it, but I think the, it'd be interesting to see the price because the price is going to play, play a big part for me. I mean, essentially, like we say in FM Touch, you know, you can have it mobile, you can have it... Uh, you can have it on your, your 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 iPad, and to be honest, you can have it nowadays on all these fancy notebooks and flip over tablets and all this sort of stuff. So, Football Manager's been portable for a while. It'll be interesting to see how it gets on on the Switch. I understand it because the Switch is a totally different market, you know, from from us guys and and other PC players. So the uh, the sort of uh, the strategy behind it, I understand, but I wonder what it'll be like for us who are already playing the full game. On the PC, I believe uh, the RRP because I, I I asked this question as well. I believe the RRP is twenty nine ninety nine. So for a game of that sort of like an iPad or mobile game, I, in my eyes, I thought it was a little bit more expensive because I believe on the iPad it's fifteen quid. But in relation to say other Switch games, it's not ridiculous. But at the same time, I know it is. I think it's. It's on par with the PC version, obviously, so uh, it's in, just one of them. In the words of Duncan Banner Time, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know for the... Um, I, I downloaded uh, Touch for my iPad around Christmas time, and that was 20 quid. So, uh, yeah, 30 quid. Probably sounds about right, but still, yeah. at least Dick Turpin wore a mask. <laughs> <laughs> You've completely thrown me there with that comment, Curtis. I enjoyed that. Um, the 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 thing for me is sort of is there a market for it? Like, think about the people that own a street. I mean, I guess that maybe the whole there are plenty of adults that own it. There's a lot of units out there, but at that price, it's not going to be enticing kids to play it. 
a lot a lot of the switch owners are in America as well and that's my concern for them because I'm not sure if this will be a yearly thing or if it will I don't I'm not even sure there'll be an FM19 version it'll be interesting to see if there is to be honest I mean this 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 thing this this thinking behind it the switch was the fastest selling console over the first year than than any other machine it destroyed the Wii and and other consoles that have passed before it I don't have the figures in front of me but I remember when I bought one I was like Jesus, I, I didn't buy one on the strength of that. There's a couple of games I wanted to play. But having looked around, I'm like, well, it's it's doing the biz. So obviously they're opening up to a big number of, of players who've maybe not experienced football manager, but then as we all know, it's it's quite niche and a lot of people who a lot of people on football manager because they've been on it for quite a while. Um so yeah, be interesting. It'd be interesting, but my my, my main concern is that it was uh, one person's idea um because of the the, the particular position that that person holds that's why it's become a thing as opposed to actually being you know <laughs> needed as it were or wanted so this week's team discussion focuses once again around one of our weekly polls and this week we asked you a question in light of Roma's incredible Champions League comeback against Barcelona um, pretty much asking how to approach protecting a first leg lead in football manager um, as Ever, we'll discuss our thoughts first before revealing the results of the poll. Um, Mr. Tobes, do you want to open us with your gambit, please? Yeah, well, for me, it's a, it's a funny one. This, whether it be first leg or whether it be you're in an important game, you're carrying a slender one goal lead or, or two goal lead, as we as we know in football, um, is still relatively slender. Um, having in the past been been one to uh try and try and shore up defense and i'm talking uh get more uh, change your roles get more defensive roles on maybe even change your players position and bring an extra man in at the back and all the rest of it on football manager 18 the amount of times i have done that and and, and i mean literally as i've completed those changes conceded that goal that i've been trying so hard to 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 sort of negate that i then find myself instantly rearranging my tactic again to go uh, to go back to where I was has led me to on this game actually not do a thing it may be that if I concede I lose a league or if I concede I, uh, I I go out of a cup or whatever it may be but this game I get punished every time I try and protect so I've actually I, I no longer do it. I don't try and protect anything. I, I I stay as I as I was. I'm not saying that that's the right way to go, but what I am saying is in my experience up to now, whenever I've tried to protect, no matter what I've done, change uh, you know change fluidity, try and get a little bit more structure in, or stay fluid, or whatever I've done to try and defend against against conceding that goal or two, I have been shafted. So so this year for me, I'll just leave it as it is. I think for me, whatever whatever happens, you're always going to look back in hindsight and think, oh, I should have done that. But I'd probably say the same as Tobes. If if I'm protecting something, if it's not broken, sort of, you don't really need to fix it. I'd, I'd probably stick with my same formation. Uh, I've tried it before when I've sort of tried to set up defensively and got really, really badly punished for it. So I'd probably, as I say, start with what I'd normally be playing, what I beat them with maybe. Um, and sort of go from there. Uh, I think if I again, if I went a, a bit too attacking and we lost, or again too defensive, I'd look back at it and either way think, oh, why have I done that? For me, conceding 
is always something that I've struggled with. I've, I always concede too many, too many. This year, uh, this season, second season of the Premier League, we did, like I said we, earlier, we finished quite high, but two of the three relegated teams conceded less goals than I did. Um, so shoring things up for me have never been something that I can do day in, day out. So I, it's not something that I would look to. I would try and go for the, uh, I'll try and score more goals than you. I guess I'm going to come in with a sort of a, a sub-question really. And that does your approach change depending on which leg was first, i.e. the home or the away leg? Um, I guess if like so, Roma, for example, they were fortunate enough to have the the home leg as the second leg. So, are you? I think myself, uh, I would approach if I had the home leg first. I'm going to go in all guns blazing and score as many as possible, knowing that away we tend to suck a little bit. But then. On the flip side, uh, am I going to then try and sort of park the bus, as it were, in the first leg if I'm away, and then prevent them from scoring, and then try to hope that we they don't do the same at home against us in the second leg? Um, well, sort of. Hopefully, answer all those questions. So basically, I uh, in FM eighteen specifically, I've become um, quite reactive. In my save, so I will. Given the amount of information you get before a game, you know, with your opposition, I'll always try and play. So, for, in terms of formation, I generally play the same formation, but I'll play different team mentality or different different shapes. Um, so, I will always try and play the shape or team mentality that I think gives us the best chance of winning in that game. If we if we're carrying a big lead into a second leg, I'll always veer on on the sort of defensive side um, because I think it's just natural, it's just natural inclination to do that. But at the same time, if the opposition sets up in a way where we could attack them, um, then I will look to do that. It's, it's so much of a gray area for this one. It's a difficult one to answer. See with the away goal stuff, and this is probably something that we shouldn't really talk about, but I'm not a massive fan of the away goal rule anyway. But I think you've you've got to be careful. It's so difficult. A game can change via one goal. So for me, when I go away from home, which I haven't had to do yet, but I would I would set up trying not to concede uh, at home and, and just see what the away leg takes. Uh, maybe try and get a goal away and, and you're always kind of in the tie, even if you're 2-1 down free one down you're still in the tie because you've got that away goal but they're just so crucial those you away see, goals equally from my experience this year of course being out in Argentina <clears throat> where I've played um, games that go over two legs it's pretty fucking irrelevant what I've done because that's how I couldn't get the shit together and I lose all my players to internationals so really it doesn't matter what way I approach home or away uh, I'll, I'll get fucked if there's an international game anyway so yeah, that is me having a rant and a grumble because uh, <laughs> it, it essentially completely destroyed my my want to to play through a save that I'd put three and a half months into. So it won't be a podcast without you having a bit of a rant, Tobes. Yeah, going back to your your original comment, Tobes, about making changes and the amount of times goals go in whilst you're making changes is that. I mean, I I find that a lot, and I've found that a lot, especially this year. Is that something everyone else has experienced, or is Absolutely. it all in my head? Or no, I th- I I I do think that there may be some uh, brevity to that argument, but I'll let someone else sort of expand upon it. 
Well, the only thing I do, the minute a goal goes in for me, is is smack straight on to concentrate. Uh, and then I like to change things. If it's a tight game, I want to change things. But you're right. The amount of times that when I'm in that in that uh, tactic screen, you just see that little flashing line, the flashing bar at the bottom, and you're like, wow, that was a waste of time. Yeah, you see by nature, we play a, we, we play a, a game that crunches numbers, don't we? So, like, there is... The, those numbers are being crunched as we go. Uh, you, you're looking to, you're winning 2 0, and you're looking to protect that lead. The minute you make those changes, the numbers that were being crunched are being recrunched as to what happens. So I can't help but feel on this game, like, in my mind, I'm now at the point where I'm like, actually, don't make the numbers crunch. Don't make the changes to make the match engine change because I'm currently winning 2 0. 1-0, whatever it may be, everything's going fine. But the minute I'm changing the dynamic of the squad or the team or the shape, the mentality or or the roles within the team, I'm essentially saying we were winning 2-0, but I'm changing something for some reason. And I feel like every time I do that, regardless, I'm making the, the uh, tactically astute changes that realistically should work based on the given situation of the team that I'm playing against. Yeah, I've and I, I genuinely mean this. So this isn't me exaggerating, but I genuinely mean ninety nine percent of the times I have done that, I have not got the res- I've not got the results that I expected from those changes. More often than not, I have been punished, and I when I mean like within a highlight or two. And anyone who knows, I play comprehensive, so we're not talking across the course of twenty minutes here. We're talking across the course of maybe four or five in game minutes. Um, so. I'm not. This is no conspiracy theory to say that yes, the game is not is not doing as it should right there. Maybe that's it, maybe it's doing exactly what it should because the opposition at that time are deciding shit. We've got to go for it, and we sit back, we invite them on, and we can't keep them out, whatever it may be. But when I leave that one goal slender lead and I carry on playing the way that we've been playing without making any, I make personnel changes, but without making any changes to our system, we always seem to be able to ride it out. Totally agree with the number crunching con- con- a comment, um, but it's interesting. Like th- when you see stuff happening, like well, you've say you've made changes, but you haven't confirmed them, or that tactical change hasn't been or hasn't sort of kicked in. You know, you, you're still in that period where you can can cancel the tactical change. That seems to be quite a quite you know that's, that period seems to have quite a high number of goals or. Like I say, I've not done any sort of statistical analysis on this, so it could well be in my head. But it's interesting to hear that we all have the same experiences. Dupe, I just before I, before we move on, I just want to touch on uh, your shouts. Do shouts ever do anything? No, I think placebo. they're a total placebo. To be honest with you, um, I I, I, I mean they they're too. meant to be morale based, but I think they're I think they're bullshit. Yeah, do, I I agree. I I honestly do. I think um I think it is just all in your head with the uh with the shouts. Uh going back to what you said about being in the tactics and then you I haven't seen as ever as much as I've seen this year uh, a goal go in and it say are you sure you after the goal go in are you sure you want to make this tactical change yeah. I see that so much this year and I've not seen whether that's something they brought in new, new. I don't know that but is that new this is year, something I, I haven't seen. Yeah crazy. I just want to quickly touch on what Teach was saying about the number crunching. 
Now, I'll be really quick with this. I appreciate that we're probably going over ground that we've already just been on. But are you teach with your number crunching idea? You're not saying conspiracy theory, but your num idea. Are we saying the fact that if you do a wholesale amount of changes by changing the mentality, the the the, the length of pass, and all that jazz, what we're doing here is we're, we're making it generate a lot more new number what? crunching? So are we saying that it probably would be better to do smaller? No, what bites, what I'm saying is it's much like at the end of the day we are running in a uh, a top trumps situation almost with many other factors involved, but at any given time the match engine is playing out your the best way I'm going to describe your deck of cards that are sat on each side them versus them. The minute you change a a a ta a, a, a role a tactic a position your your shape or anything like that. The match engine recrunches those numbers to see who's coming out stronger, be it on a player versus player basis, a team versus team basis, and then that 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 grey area in the middle where we get shafted by the match engine, we'll call it luck, whatever you want to call it, but everything changes, and that's what I'm getting at. If if I'm holding a lead and I've changed nothing, players are getting tired, things are changing all the way along, but essentially the the, the core still there. I mean, that doesn't matter because that, that, those number crunching things that I'm getting on about, it's not really a theory or anything. That's what the match engine is doing behind the scenes. We're seeing a picture of what the match engine is telling us has happened via it, uh, crunching its numbers. But of course, every time we react in this game, every time we do anything, it changes it changes numbers. And without doing anything due to players getting tired or injured or whatnot, it's still changing. But the way that I've been shafted this year so many times while making those changes to go maybe a little bit more defensive. Um, I've been shafted to the point where I'm like, do you know what? Just leave it. Yeah, I think, um, going back to the shouts, I, f I think they've worked for me this year um, in my favour a lot of the time, to be fair. Like, normally, if I'm winning, I encourage, uh, yeah, encourage and if we draw in, I demand more, or draw in or losing. And it normally works quite well, to be fair. But just in general, uh, talking about defending or changing strategies and whatnot, uh, similar to Curti, I always try to keep sort of the same formation and then just change instructions or whatnot. So, for example, last five minutes, if I'm really trying to hold on to a lead, I'll keep the same formation, but obviously put drop the defensive line, put the team a bit more defensive, be a bit more disciplined and so on. So... That's how I rock it. And obviously with the number crunching terms, you are probably right on that from, but I can imagine there's probably thousands, hundreds of thousands of factors that, that go into that, as you say, team, player, morale, everything. So uh, we, we're we never ever going to get anything 100% right, I don't think. So I'm going to play a bit of devil's advocate here. Um, and with, so for example, you've, you've led 3-0 in the first leg, regardless of whether it's home or away, then the, you, you keep it as it is and the opposition set up however they've set up you've ignored whatever the scout reports have said they go and score two relatively early goals and so it's 3-2 at half time do you then go and change things knowing that they're obviously in the ascendancy and you've got to basically talk them up and get you know pull back uh, or at least maintain the, the lead you've got does that impact then what decisions you'd make? Obviously, we're t it's not a case of uh, we're taking it as a like a, a single game event. Um, although I guess that that does take into account, and I think maybe this is more of a bigger question of when the how does does football manager handle uh, like legged ties particularly well because it treats them as individual matches, not necessarily taking into account, even though the team talks seem to take that into account when at least you start the match and end the match. 
I don't feel like you're necessarily given that opportunity. It doesn't say because obviously, you're although the the aggregate score is three two, in the match you are losing two nil, and so the, so the normal team talk would be you're losing two nil, buck your buck your shit up. Whereas you're still winning, it could be look, we just need to keep keep things tight in this second half. But you you know you don't necessarily get given that sort of more dynamic option, I guess. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like it's almost like in in game in those single match situations, as we as as the game is maybe reading it. Of course, your your team are two 0 down on the night. Their, their head could be in the shitter, you know. Whereas in real life, it, it's a uh, they're still three two up on aggregate. They would be down because they've lost a couple of goals, but they would be like, "Hang on, we're not out here." Do you know what I mean? Whereas in the game, of course, would be they'll be two nil, you know, two nil down, and everyone's shitting. So it's an interesting question. It's one that 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 would. I, I don't know the best way that in which we could test that because I don't think we can. Um, but before save I forget, and reload, <laughs> save and reload. Uh, before I forget, though, I do want to say I remember reading, and I'm pretty sure it was on his. Um, I'm sure he called it 99 problems. It's a moment on uh, Cleon's uh, Twitter at Cleon81 for anyone who's interested. If you don't read his stuff, you you should. And he was talking about shouts, and yes, they do have an impact. Now I'm not gonna. I'm only gonna paraphrase because this was, you know, it was a number of months ago. Now that I read this, but the shouts are, uh, are, 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 I think, are groups of team instructions that are clubbed together, be it encourage or get creative, whatever, whatever it may be. And when used, it's essentially applying applying instructions on your team that you may not have needed or wanted. I know that Cleon Cleon does not recommend does not recommend using them. I remember reading that. Um, I I I must admit I I I've got that saved in my uh, favorites folder actually that that entire thread. Um, but I am whether we've remembered it right, but I'm pretty sure they're only morale based because, for example, you've got push forward, but actually that doesn't do anything to your team tactically. Well, I think it's time to announce the results of the poll. Yes, I've bloody remembered to do it. Marvellous. See, little do you lot know that uh, I think for three weeks on the run, whoever's hosted the pod has forgotten to do the results. Uh, so although you've heard it seamlessly, it's not been quite so seamless behind the scenes. Anyway, so you, you, we gave you three options this week um, on how uh, to how you would approach of uh, sort of protecting a first lead leg lead. That's difficult to pronounce with the alliteration. Anyway, so 12% of you answered park the bus. So uh, not for the faint-hearted, uh, which strangely, and in fact perfectly leads on to the next option, which was 22% of you suggested you'd go for the jugular and 66% of you, an astounding 66% of you, agreed with Teach uh, and don't change a thing. So it seems to be that the majority are with you, Tobes, on that one. That's to say, I mean, Curtis said it himself. He doesn't know whether it's a thing this year, but Curtis had the same experience as I. I think Duke mentioned it as well, and, and and yourself, Matt. You know, it just does seem to be that you get punished. You get punished if you if you try to change that. You know, towards the end of the game, in particular if you're if you're holding a slender lead. So, yeah, no no real surprises. Marvellous. Right, it is that time once again. There may be no cheerleaders in skimpy skirts or local oddballs trying to hit the crossbar with an oversized inflatable, but we do have Curtis Quiz. So, uh, Roma's comeback against Barca didn't just inspire this week's poll, it also inspired this week's quiz. 
Plus, Teach and I have come back to the pod this week, so it works on many levels, layered like an onion. Pathetic. Uh, anyway, usual rules apply. Thank you for standing in last week, Dave, by the way. I appreciate it. I mean, Chris, um, did you listen and did you get any right? I did listen and I struggled, to be honest with you. Oh, God. They were very, very difficult. Apologies. But, you know. Quality different, quiz, man. Different strokes and all that. Um, usual rules apply. Uh, first to buzzing gets the opportunity to answer the question. One point for a correct answer. If you get that question wrong, you are eliminated from the rest of the question and subject to a Viking. The Viking Dan minus one point rule. Um, are we all ready? Aye. Good. Indeed. So we will Aye. start as usual uh, with question <clears throat> number one. In 2013-2014, Liverpool came as close as they ever have to winning the Premier League title for the first time. In the penultimate game of the season, they went 3-0 up. Teach. Steven Gerrard. Minus one. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you're back. <laughs> uh, in the penultimate game of the season, Liverpool went 3-0 up against South London side Crystal Palace. Which Palace striker put a large spanner in the works for Liverpool's title-winning hopes? Dave? Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale is correct. Come on. Scored a hat-trick. Uh, question number two. In May 2012... Man City came back from 2-1 down at home to QPR and created one of the most iconic moments in Premier League history. We all know Aguero scored the winning goal to make it 3-2 in the 95th minute, but which player scored City's equaliser just three minutes prior to that Aguero goal? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll give you a clue. He's playing in Italy now. Roma. Teach. Teach. Edin Dzeko. He's back to zero. I was going to go Tevez for some reason. I'm not bitten either. <laughs> Question number three. One of the great Premier League comebacks of all time was Man United winning the title in the 95-96 season after being how many points behind Newcastle in late Nerd. January? Nerd. 12. 12 is correct. Closet United fan, that lad. <laughs> on the t- 90s football son. On the 21st of January, Newcastle had 54 points to United's 42. Astonishing. Question number four. Arguably the greatest Premier League comeback was Newcastle's 4-4 draw with Arsenal at St. James's Park in 2011. Which feisty midfielder scored Two penalties for the Magpies that day. Nerd. Nerd. Jerry Barton. Is correct. Ah. Question number five. In 2005, Liverpool came back from 3-0 down in the Champions League final against the mighty AC Milan to force the match to penalties. Who was the Liverpool goalkeeper on the day? Dave. That was Dave. Jersey Dudek. Is correct. Lad love rocking a grobbler. Yeah. <laughs> Not the match fixing. The other thing. <laughs> right. 2012. Carling Cup fourth round. Reading at home to Arsenal. At half time, Reading held a 4 1 lead over the Gunners. But do you remember the final score Doop. of the game? Dupe. 
7-4. Ooh, that's close, but it's minus one. Anyone else want to chirp in? Oh, I know what you're going to do. Dave? Dave. 7-5. Seven, 7-5 five. Seven, five is correct. Get in. Question number seven. United fans called Eric Cantona's 1995 comeback against Liverpool the return of the king. Cantona had previously been suspended for eight months after the infamous Kung Fu kick incident, which took place in a game against which club teach? teach. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace is correct. I was waiting for the at which grounds. I was hanging on. Anyone remember his name? The guy? Eric. Dickhead. (laughs) Matthew Simmons. Lovely fella. Nice lad. Question number eight. Which defender overcame surgery to remove a tumour from his liver? Dupe. Dupe. Eric Abadell. He's back to zero. Question number nine. Eddie Howe started his managerial career at Bournemouth in 2008 with the club in a perilous position in League Two. Obviously, he's now in charge of them in the Premier League. But which club did Eddie Howe leave Bournemouth for in 2011? That's nerd. Burnley. Burnley is correct. Question (sighs) number 10, potentially all important. Which team became the first in history to overturn a 4-0 deficit from the first leg in a Champions League tie. Dupe. Dupe. AC Milan. He's back to minus one. To overturn a 4-0 deficit from the first leg in a Champions League tie by beating PSG 6... Dave. Dave. Barcelona. Oh, I think it's wrong, though. You think it's wrong, but it's right. Yes! <laughs> Come on. Right. All 10 questions have been answered. We'll run in reverse order with the scores. We have Dupe in fourth place this week with minus one point. Don't clap that shit. I'm clapping. In third place this week with one point is Teach. Congrats. He's on the positive. Second place with a solid three points is Nerd. Hold on, nerd. And out on his own. He got that last question right, that all-important question. So take him to four points. This week's winner, Dave as a party. Congrats, yes, Dave. Boys. Congrats, Dave. Cheers, lad. Nice to switch up for you to win, Dave. Cheers, son. See, it'd have been more poignant if he'd come from behind there, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, actual comeback to win. There we go. I do that mind. after anyway, Matt. So. Brilliant. <laughs> That's work for that. Right, it's question time, uh, folks. And we're going to try and do a quick fire round because we've been a bit lacking in the past couple of weeks because we've we've overran on the team discussion quite often. Um, but we've we've ran like a well-oiled machine, or at least a partially oiled robot or something like that. I don't know. Um, but we've got plenty of your questions that have been stacking up in the vault. Uh, as promised, we're going to answer some right away. Mr. Dave, as a party, have you, have you got one queued up, ready to roll? Yeah, there was a question off uh, at DJ Tacon, I believe, 17, uh, Daniel Tacon. Um, he says, who has been the most random ex-pro you've seen to go on to do well as manager on one of your saves? 
Uh, on his save, he had Solomon Rondon win Liverpool their first league title in 2038, and then he won two with Man City. Now, I believe um, I did one of those uh, real clickbait experiments on YouTube. I uh, did um, a conference one where all the conference sides had uh, a billion pounds, and obviously I'd sort of gone 10, 15 years into the future, and one person that was absolutely unreal there was Steve Sidwell, and he was an absolute world even manager, and he left... Now, don't quote me on the team. It was someone like Eastley or someone like that. He got him into the Premier League. His stats were all like 18s, 19s, 20s. And then he ended up going to Spain. I think it was Sevilla he joined. But, like, I don't take much notice of ex-pros. I know Carlo Cudicini's doing well on my save as well with the wall save. But uh, Steve Sidwell's definitely one that uh, real, really stood out for me on, on that save. Yeah, I've never really got to the point where anyone, when I've been playing the game, has been there. But I do remember, and it's just you saying that, Dave. Uh, I did a, uh, did a couple of experiments last year for one of the websites, and uh, a a an aging Cristiano Ronaldo was actually in charge of Wolves and doing quite well. Yeah, I seem to remember. Uh, but yeah, just a little uh, a little tip. CR seven Portuguese connection. That's, it. <laughs> That's what it is. It was before his time. Marvelous. <laughs> How uh, poignant and on topic. Uh, Next question then is uh, from at Cookie FM. Very simple uh, question. Why do you play FM? I'll be honest. I've played it that long. It's out of habit. I smoke cigarettes. I'm completely on, with, on you with that, Tobes. And, and I mean that. And I genuinely mean it. I'm not saying that, you know, I love the game. I love the game because it's been in my life so long. But like, I, there is no question for me for buying this game every year. It is a it is a habit that I will buy it no matter what. So for me, it is, it is there's no other answer for it than habit. See, I love FM a bit like a brother or sister. For me, it is solely the fact I am shit at everything else, but I'm actually quite good at this. Quite, I say quite, I'm quite good at this, and I'm I just like battlegrounds. We play back. I'm awful at that. So maybe it's just because I'm actually quite good. <laughs> Play three, play three up front. It'd be yeah. weird not to buy it at this stage. Like, yeah, it's been it's been going on too long now. It would be it would just be weird not to buy it. I mean, I feel it almost to the point where, like, even if I knew for whatever reason I was incapable of being able to play the game for three months from November, I would buy it on release day, no matter what. It, that's how much of a habit this game has become. It just yeah, I'll just buy that anyway. Even if I had no intention to play it, I couldn't. I, could, I had no capacity to play it. I'd still buy it because that's what's happened every year. No, I'm with you. I I I convinced myself to not buy FM16. Still bought FM16. So <laughs> so, and I even bought it before release date. So absolutely no bottle at all when it comes to sort of or willpower. In fact, either. Right. Uh, final question then, and I think. Uh, it's uh, at FM Ginge. Uh, what made each of you want to start streaming FM? Now, we've answered similar questions in the past, so we can just run around the room as to why we actually wanted to start streaming in the first place. Yeah, quick and simple for me. It was a, it was a switch from YouTube that gave me more time, gave me more time to play and enjoy the game. Um, I'll be honest, at the time, I wasn't looking at the instant and live interaction. It was more of a case of, I want to play more FM. I can still do content. We'll see where it goes. And it was a great switch. So uh, I no longer spend hours or whatnot editing videos and all the rest of it. And uh, ultimately get, got more time playing the game and, and and more time with, you know, the, the community built over on Twitch. So simple answer from me. For me, 
because I love it. I genuinely do. I really enjoy doing it. I, I think I was talking to Teach uh, yesterday about it, saying literally, what would we do if we didn't stream Football Manager or talk about Football Manager or do anything to do with Football Manager or the, in the Discord? You know, I, I would have so much free time. I'd have so much room for activities. Just to, to link to your two, I, I started streaming after watching Doop and Teach stream it and had... I remember being at work one evening and just being in the chat and it was absolutely bouncing and it just looked like loads of fun. So I thought, that's a bandwagon and I want to jump on. I think for me, obviously, because I've been there, I started the YouTube stuff as well. Streaming wise, there was a few people streaming. I can't remember if there was anyone in particular that sort of um, tried to get me to do it. But I remember Matt, when we tried to set it up on my old laptop before and it just wouldn't, it was so bad. Like the 2D dots wouldn't move on nothing. It just die on the 2D match engine. You did um, get the name of the worst streamer in the world, I think. That was it for, for a little bit. But like, for example, the whole reason I built my PC at the time was sort of to try and push me to stream a bit more. Obviously, I've been a bit quieter now, but at the start of a couple of games ago, I was, I was loving it. But for content creation in general, if I didn't start content creation, I wouldn't be doing this pod. I wouldn't have met any of these lot. I wouldn't have met and no one would have heard of me, anyone listening to this. So it's all due to content creation just in general. Um, in terms of why I moved over to, to Twitch instead of sort of focusing on video stuff, it was more to do with the fact that I didn't want to sort of be staying up till 3am to, to edit like videos and do stuff on uh, After Effects and things like that. Instead, I just now stay up till 3am streaming instead. I so say, I don't exactly have any then? extra time. I just I just get to play the game a bit more. Although some would argue that's not even true because I do about four games on stream in four hours. So progress though kind of i guess it's it's time for us to end i think folks so we want some plugs where can people find you mr kurt dog uh kurt fm twitter twitch facebook instagram all the all the good places what are you eating there uh, i had my finger in my mouth brilliant like good, example of good, finger. Or, good example of good audio there <laughs> <laughs> mr tobes where can people find you but yeah, as usual, find me officially teach on Twitter, Twitch, and I don't think anything else really matters. I mean, just just Twitter and Twitch. That's that's the only thing that matters. Officially teach. Mister Dave as a party. Where can people find you? Uh, Dave as a party on Twitter and YouTube. Dave as a party FM on Twitch and Instagram. Uh, my grinder account's been suspended though, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> Dave. Matches. Too much grinding. <laughs> it was a tough week. That was it. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> Mr. Duke, where can people find you? Uh, FM Dupe, everywhere you go. Marvellous. And you can find me at Nerdphonic everywhere. So that brings to the end another podcast. All the links for each of us are in the description of this very pod, as is the link to join the WeStream FM Discord server if you haven't already. If you've enjoyed the pod, then please leave us a review on iTunes as it really helps us out. Of course, make it five stars because we are five-star potential. If you're a SoundCloudite, then please drop us a follow and you'll be notified of when we next upload a pod, which is at 8am every single bloody Monday. The Five Star Potential podcast is also available on all other well-known popular podcast apps. This has been Five Star Potential, a WeStream FM production, and we'll see you all next week. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye. Catch you later.